Good morning, and welcome to a brand new episode of Riddles in the Dark, brought to you by the Mythgard Institute. We are here to do that sort of, the, the traditional episode that we do every season, the one that I always look forward to. We take things back, all the way back to the beginning. We're going to talk about how will the movie start, which of course is always a, a, a fun question to debate, especially with um, the second two films where we're interested in looking at uh, where we'll enter into the story after where we left things last time. Uh, and it always leaves us uh, ripe for speculation about potential curveball flashbacks, flash-forwards. Um, I'm going to personally advocate for flash-forwards this time around, or maybe an alternate dimension. Um, but, or an alternate story like Star Trek or something yes. else. Yes. This is always a, so this is always a classic Riddles in the Dark episode, so we're excited to be doing it for you this morning. And let's get started. I am your co-host, Dave Kale, and with me, as always, are the Tolkien professor, Corey Olson, and Trish Lambert. Okay, good. And uh, before I start, I just wanted to say, stay tuned for, at the end of the episode, I have an important announcement about, uh, we have uh, elected and decided the next Mythgard Academy class, so I will talk about that some at the end of the episode. Stormfront, from the Dresden class. No, it isn't, Dave. (laughs) Dave is just sad that his choice didn't get, didn't get, didn't in fact quite make the finalist list. Though actually it came pretty close, Dave, I have to say. It was... Really? It did. Oh, yeah. that means that that means there's hope. I, there I, is hope. I think I think it was like maybe number five on the list. Dave, you and I need to launch a campaign for yeah. the next yes. go around. Because what I've noticed is is they tend to have staying power. Like like I'm pretty sure Ender's Game has been like almost there every single time. It's, it has. Right? It has. It's yeah. been like the, the the next. It's been the number two slot all the way up until right. now. Barely so number if we two. Just, if we just eliminate um, everything above uh, then. Um, uh, then eventually, yeah, okay. And I oh, think we go on a we surprise go on a now too. Super active <laughs> campaign. You and I need to do a super campaign yeah. when voting time comes up. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So as I said, we will talk about that at the end of at the end of our session today. So today, our topic of discussion is the beginning of the film. And you know, really, as we, you know, when we talk about the beginning and when we talk about the end of the film, the primary thing that I am interested in here is not just kind of you know the guesswork about what will the opening scene be exactly. That's of course you know a big part of what we're talking about but the but really the larger implications of that for the story and the question is really um thinking about the three films not just as part of the 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 whole epic saga but as contained story arcs in themselves where is film three going to start because you know in many ways i think that the question that that leads into is what is really going to be the focus what is going to be the central theme of uh of the third film um so i think um uh i'm gonna be uh very interested to see how how these things play together we talked a little bit about sort of the major elements that we think need to happen uh last time when in the context of talking about the elves we talked about uh you know the obviously the resolution of the immediate stuff that was left at the cliffhanger ending uh in particular the the fight with smaug at lake town which obviously needs to happen sometime you know near the beginning of the film at least um and um um, and and then we have 
the you know are, are we going to get the elves coming to Lake Town to help the refugees of Lake Town? Certainly, we're you know we're going to need to have some kind of mustering of armies and preparing for uh, for the Battle of Five Armies. We're going to have to have the fortification of uh, of the Lonely Mountain um, by Thorin and Company. Um, I, I I assume we're going to get some kind of relatively extended. Uh, uh, you know, political process prior to the outbreak of hostilities at the Lonely Mountain. Um, and that is something which has been made much more complex by the addition of new characters and the, the complication of relationships, such as the complication of the relationship between Feely and Keely and Thorin, the complication of the relationship between Toriel and Legolas and Thranduil, which we talked about last time between Bard and the Master. Um, uh, you know, all three of the major, uh, um, of the major players in the standoff at the Lonely Mountain have m- sort of more going on internally than they did in the book. So, uh, so you know, how, how are we going to see that working out? And, of course, we still have Dol Guldur uh, sort of hanging over our heads and, you know, the possible addition of sequences that we simply just don't see coming. Um, as, for instance, in projecting major plot elements that needed to happen in the Desolation of Smaug, I did not see the Golden Dwarf statue coming. Uh, so, you know, what are what are we going to see uh, that we didn't expect uh, in this last film? Uh, and then, of course, we have the denouement at the end. That will save, and we'll talk about how they're going to handle uh, the latter portions, of, you know, the back-again portions of the film uh, towards the ending uh, when we do our traditional ending of the film episode. But where do you guys see them really wanting to start off? I, I guess sort of the logical place, it seems to me, to start with the question of the beginning of the film is... Are we just going to start with Smaug appearing in fire at Lake Town? I mean, is 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 the opening sequence going to be somebody spying the dragon from the distance and uh, and you know somebody yelling to arms to arms and 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 the dragon attacking? Are, are we are we going to get an action sequence there at the are beginning? We, are we setting up? Are we setting aside uh, uh, prologue or or frame or? No, I just it just seems you know that's certainly a possibility. We should, we can talk about those too. But it just kind of seemed to me, since we ended the second film with a cliffhanger, um, the first the first question in my mind, therefore, is: Are we just going to pick up where we left off? Are we going to pick up with Smaug flying in and and attacking? Uh, it certainly seems like the most straightforward thing to do, but I don't know. I have this feeling that they won't, given that get so. You could argue that the two towers ended on a cliffhanger, right? And um, yet we started with a flashback at the beginning of Return of the King, didn't we? Well, but there was more closure at the end of the two towers. I mean, because we got the whole. I, I mean, it was a cliffhanger in the sense of the very, uh, in the sense of, uh, of the fact that the very last uh, shot, you know, the very last little scene in the two towers, if I'm remembering correctly, is Frodo and Sam going with Gollum. Um, you know, through Ithilien towards the pass, and yeah, I guess you're right. it's, the it's evidence the of, of 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 Gollum, you know, the basically the fact that Gollum was preparing to betray them. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like Erica Smith's suggestion. She says she thinks they're going to flash back at the beginning to the destruction of Dale just to confuse everyone. <laughs> uh, and I, I would also add, Erica, because we really need to see Girion shooting off the ballista 
in every in all three films. Like, if we don't get that same shot in all three films, uh, you know, then uh, it, we might feel uh, left hanging there. So, uh, so yeah. Also, we haven't seen we haven't there hasn't been enough screen uh, time dedicated to the smoldering dolly. True. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Uh, setting up, uh, you know, because we still could get the triumphant return. You know, I, 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 I still, I was, um, uh, I was still kind of waiting. You know, and maybe it's in the extended edition. You know, maybe it's going to be in in those like four extra hours of footage we're going to get in the Desolation of Smaug uh, extended edition. You know, that we're confidently anticipating um, that uh, that like uh, one of Bard's daughters was going to like unwrap like the treasured singed dolly recovered from the from the you know from from Dale. I, I think uh, still very still very likely. Um, so so here's a here's a variation of your question. Uh, what 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 would you want them? To, it, so, so starting where they they stopped uh, with Smaug attacking Lake Town seems like the most straightforward and logical thing to do. And and I would argue, I'm I'm sitting here, I've been sitting here imagining like, okay, what where else might we go, and what impact would they have? And it's hard to imagine them doing anything that wouldn't kind of disrupt the flow. Like I feel like. Starting someplace else and then coming right back into the dragon would feel I don't know uh, jarring, weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, except maybe a flashback. Maybe a flashback. I think you could get away with. Um, but I feel like you know saying, okay, so le- you know last time we left things off, uh, Smaug was about to go kill everyone. Right. Uh, so um, we're going to start with the dwarves, just you know sitting around talking about like, oh, how great is it that? Oh, I wonder what if they. Oh, what if they did that, Corey? What if they did? Um, what if they start? What if they kind of did parallel storylines, advancing them at different rates? What if they started with the dwarves in the mountain, and <laughs> and took that all the way up to you know like the siege, and then flashbacked to Smaug's attack? <laughs> that would be I. I can't imagine that. That's that would be strange. Um, interesting. But strange because, um, you know, it's one thing, um, I mean, and this is something, and I've mentioned this before, this is something that Tolkien actually, um, that, that Tolkien actually sort of flopped around on when he was writing was what sequence to do that in, you know, because if you have, um, if you just follow Smaug to Lake Town, do the fight and the destruction and then go back and, um, uh, and talk about the dwarves having just, you know, of course in the book, having just hidden inside the secret door with that smog shattered, um, and then them not knowing if he's coming back, and then them sneaking down into the hall and exploring it, and thinking that either he's there or he might come back any minute. Um, you know, so basically it's, it's sort of the question of, do you do you go for suspense? Um, and not let on that the dragon is dead yet and only tell that after the fact or do you um or do you you know go ahead and you know for the sake of like uh, you know, the, the satisfying story go right straight from you know to smaug and smaug's death and then you have the dramatic irony of um of bilbo and the dwarves being there in Lake Town and not, or being there inside the mountain and not knowing that Smaug is dead, but the reader knows that Smaug is dead. So basically, do you want suspense or do you want, you know, dramatic irony? And and Tolkien himself debated and and you know flopped the order of those chapters in the book. Um, so, 
you know, so you could, but basically he's already, you know, he's already tipped the hand at the end of the film. I mean, we know that Smaug is heading off to Lake Town, so there's no, um, there's, I don't think there's going to be, we couldn't have the suspense. If we started off with, with Thorin in those, it's not that we can't start off with them or, 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 or do some things there, but there's not going to be any suspense. It's just going to be, I think it would just be aggravating to the viewer who knows what Smaug went off to do. Um, and presumably they do too. Bilbo saw him fly off towards Lake Town at the, I mean, that was the last moment of the film. Um, so I think it would uh, just be kind of aggravating. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, with Bilbo saying, you know, like, oh, crap. Um, it's hard to imagine him wandering back in the mountains saying, like, well, guys, and, the, and, the, and sort of the dwarves and Bilbo in particular kind of um, uh, obliviously wandering around the mountain saying, well, it's our mountain now. I, I would have, I have a feeling Bilbo will spend the whole time, whole time going, uh, we should go find out what happened to Lake Town, guys. <laughs> guys. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, that's true. I, I, I sort of, it seemed like a kind of a neat idea um, of, of trying to trying to build the uh, the suspense uh, and, and sort of throwing the reader a curveball where, like, the next thing we hear about, uh, or reader, viewer, a curveball, next, the next thing we hear about the dragon is, you know, oh, he's, uh, wait, what, where'd he go? Is he dead? <laughs> um, uh, but I think you're right. I think that for the for the movie-going audience, that would just be frustrating, aggravating. Like they're just going to be sitting there saying, "Like, I want where's my where's my dragon actions?" <laughs> right. Um, you know, what I mean, like you 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 have just deprived me of um, of you know uh, ample screen time dedicated to the awesome special effects, um, <laughs> uh, dragon and vocal stylings of Benedict Cumberbatch, and now he's dead. Thanks a lot, guys. Right. You're not fooling anyone, um, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think you're right. I. I think. I think they. I think the. The only thing they could get away with would be a, a short flashback or, or prologue or something. I think. I think any amount of, you know, significant amount of screen time dedicated to not dragon right at the start is going to make people mad. Right. Um, you know, I, unless you know there is, there is the real possibility. I mean, thinking about Dol Gulder. Because, of course, that seems to me a pretty good candidate, too. Um, because that was left hanging, also, uh, literally hanging, <laughs> um, but earlier in the film, right? So and we do get the Smaug cliffhanger, but don't forget, we've had a kind of a double cliffhanger uh, in the film. Both of those plot threads are in suspense. The only, the only plot stream in the desolation of Smaug that ends on a sort of satisfying resolved note is in a sense the Lake Town one that is the 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 you know the the Torio and Kiwi thing um but they but of course I mean there's still some suspense involved uh with the Lake Town plot in that you know we've got Bard in prison and like how's he going to get out to shoot the dragon but um uh, but it's not a cliffhanger in the sense of you know Gandalf is captured and pinned to the wall and uh, and uh, you know the, they're watching the the dragon fly off to Lake Town. Um, it's not that same that same sort of caliber of cliffhanger. But again, Dol Guldur is a cliffhanger. So um, literally, yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe we return there, there at the beginning. Exactly. What do you think about um, what do you think about the overall 
placement of because this to me is is sort of part of the is part of the big question of this. How long do you think the Dal Gulder stuff is going to drag out in the film? Would we expect that to be yeah, resolved earlier, like in the first half of the film, so that we can bring, you know, concentrate all of the focus? Because you know this is one thing that um, happens a little bit uh, in the return of, in the in the Lord of the Rings both book and film. I mean, you think about the way that the plot threads um, spread out in the two towers, right? You know, you've got the the one unified uh, plot thread of the journey of the Fellowship um, in, you know, in, particularly in what is book two uh, of The Lord of the Rings. Then, you know, at, at Parth Gowan we splinter, right? And we've got now the... Aragorn, Legos, and Gimli plot. We've got the Merry and Pippin plot. We've got the Frodo and Sam plot. Um, and then, you know, then you've got the separate Merry plot and the Pippin and Gandalf plot and the Aragorn plot, um, you know, and still the Frodo and Sam plot. Uh, so, but then it, 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 so it, it starts to come together so that at the very end we only have two. Um, but it never really unifies again until the very end of the, you know, until after the climax of the story. Um, the w- one way in which it seems that the overall plot shape of the third Hobbit film could be quite different um, is that the Battle of Five Armies seems to me the logical crossroads of all plot threads in this story. Um, and that's kind of what I would expect, actually, that that's the moment that all of these separate plot threads that we've been, you know, we, we've kind of diversified, not 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 quite as much as we did in the Lord of the Rings story, um, but now we have at least three major plot threads, right? You know, the people who are currently in Lake Town, the people who are, you know, and, and by the way, I am including under the category of people who are in Lake Town, people who are on horseback chasing down uh, orcs, um, I, I'm, out of Lake Town. Out of Lake Town, yes. I, I'm still, I'm still counting him as part of the Lake Town plot. They're in the, they're within the, uh, they're within the, the extended radius of the <laughs> yes, plot the, point. The, 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 the greater plot point, uh, or uh, you know, plot thread jurisdiction of Lake Town still. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, and then you've got obviously the the Erebor people, and you've got the Dol Guldur people. Um, but I assume these are all coming together at the Battle of Five Armies. And I mean, if you think about it, that's how the Battle of Five Armies works uh, in the Hobbit book. I mean, basically, the Battle of Five Armies is where almost every character like almost everyone that we've met and you know through the entire hobbit shows up again i mean it's 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 like you know it's it's the battle of five armies is like the high school reunion you know at the end of the story it's everybody shows up at the battle of five armies with the exception of elrond basically um, everybody else in the whole story okay oh, the trolls don't show up but of course they can't um uh, but I, I mean, it's it's <laughs> they would hey, if, if they were mobile, they would. Neither is the great goblin. No, but his people do. So you know, well, that's, that's true. true. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, so so uh, you know, my, my sense is in the Hobbit film, we're going to get that you know everybody's going to come together and all of the things are going to reconverge so that the battle in the Battle of Five Armies, we're not going to be getting flashbacks. You know, in the Battle of Pelennor Field, even, we were still getting flashbacks to other things. That is, not flashbacks, but 
cuts uh, to the other plot threads that were that were going on at the same time. And you know, with the conflict before the Black Gate, you know, we still we have Frodo and Sam climbing Mount Doom while the Black Gates are opening. You know, so we're still bouncing. You know, even at that climactic moment, still bouncing back and forth between the two plots, which well, of course know, is perfectly appropriate in the Lord of the Rings. But that's that not the way happen. here. Well, it could happen if, Sau- if if Jackson sets up Sauron to be some kind of um, mover, you know, in the background of the Battle of Five Armies. In other words, if his orc armies are being sort of managed by him, so to speak, similar to, you know, the battle in front of the Black Gates, we could get a similar thing. So we could get essentially like the Battle of Dol Guldur being the Mount Doom equivalent, yeah. essentially. I mean, <laughs> yeah, not, not equivalent, with, obviously, but yeah. Right. I mean, I hadn't thought of that until you set mentioned that. But you know, wouldn't it be like Jackson to have s- sort of an echo, so that when in future generations people watch these in order, they'll be going, "Oh, Black- the Battle at the Black Gates, just like that one, you know, in the in the Hobbit." <laughs> right, right. right. Um, um, I don't know, I don't but know. but it, but that yeah, can't I, over. So so we're. I'm not so a would big you fan imagine, of that, but Would you imagine I'm, Trish that would be happening at the beginning during this the dragons attack? No, well, originally that's what I was thinking until Corey just said what he said. You know, I mean, I was thinking they were going to get, you know, have the Battle of Dal Guldur, you know, wham, bam, you know, okay, it's done. Now let's move on to the Battle of Five Armies and get Gandalf to Erebor. Um, And that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I also think he's not going to, Pete said it earlier, you know, that, and I agree with him, I don't think he's going to give us the payoff of the dragon getting killed the very first thing. There's either going to be a flashback or something else. It could be we start off with Gandalf of Dol Guldur telling the moth to go get Galadriel or we have uh, even Legolas in his pursuit of Bolg and I still am holding out for that Aragorn moment where he sees the you know the armies and turns around to warn everybody. Something like that instead of and then we cut to the dragon. Mm-hmm. You know that's kind of what I'm expecting. I don't think he's going to kick off and of course he's been famous. He's done two flashbacks already we may get another... So my idea for a flashback, if he does a flashback, is he might do a flashback of the dragon attacking Dale again, but this time yes. maybe interspersing it with him attacking Lake Town in real time. So completely disoriented. So we have Tyrion shooting the ballista, and then we have Bard shooting the ballista. <laughs> can, we, can, can, can we also splice into there some flashbacks of, like, Glaurung destroying Nargothrond, and just, get, just like a, well, you know, the dragon the destruction they montage, so you know? Money on that Dale, they spent so much money on that Dale set. He wants to use it <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> I... I like that idea, Corey. Let's just have let's just have scenes from throughout history of of, of dragons. dragon attacks. Hey, that would be awesome. There you go. That would be that, was, that would be pa- and Chrysophylax. Exactly. As I say, yeah. Let's 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 you know while we're at it, you know, yeah. Let's just let's 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 throw in some Farmer Giles of Ham. You know, let's have a, a, a reference to the unpublished dragons visit. You know, as why why not? Why not? Hey, I you know I. If there's any one thing they need to, someone needs to depict visually, it's the aerial combat between Encalagon the Black and uh, Ar and. And uh, absolutely, absolutely, yep, yep. I like I mean, Daniel's idea. On. Daniel's idea is the movie should open with Smaug's dream to confuse the <laughs> <audience>. <laughs> That is fantastic. That is a that is a. I mean, 
I don't see how it could be done because they'd have to screw with the chronology. I mean, we can't have. I mean, unless like Smaug is nodding off on the wing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little anticlimactic. But uh, but anyway, that would be hilarious. I mean, that would be absolutely hysterical uh, to have started the film with like this climactic fight between a solo warrior and Smaug, uh, ending with the climactic destruction of the dragon, and then have Smaug like you know, jar up out of sleep. Uh, that <laughs> would be hysterical. <laughs> it's finding he's finding he's careening toward the ground. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. That would just oh. make it weird. But, uh, but, but I, I love the, I love the Smog's dream idea. I think especially, it's, if, especially, especially if they gave the nondescript tall warrior, a, a all black blade. Uh, yes. You know, Hey, and those of us that talk about it, that would be a massive Easter egg for those of us. Who yeah. Know. <laughs> I'm sure that would be walking a very fine line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. on a more on a on a slightly more, more realistic serious note, <laughs> um, uh, on the the Battle of Dol Guldur stuff, you know, we've been operating under um, an assumption that I I just for whatever reason just as thinking things through today, I, it's one of those they'll stay true to the book assumptions that that we occasionally make that I think has has come back to bite us in the past. We've been assuming Gandalf has to get to the mountain for the siege. Yes, that's true. Uh, and I'm kind of wondering, now I'm starting to think it through, I'm like, well, I'm, I, maybe he doesn't need to be there. So, because uh, all along... He doesn't really you know, play a part in the battle. Yeah, all along I've been asserting that they've made a huge mistake with their the way they're packing things into this last movie, and there's no time for people to get one place to another, and there's too much. And that, in particular, the Battle of Dol Guldur could not overlap the Battle of Five Armies. So they can't move on to the siege and the Battle of Five Armies until they wrap up Battle of Dol Guldur and Gandalf gets out of there. But, uh, you know, the Legolas possibility uh, actually opens, or Legolas opens up a new possibility. We don't need Gandalf. What's, you know, Gandalf's main, really his main role in the siege, I know he plays various narrative roles, but his main role is to point out the obvious, uh, guys, we have bigger problems, the goblins are coming. <laughs> Get, right. uh, Legolas could do that now. Right. They could have Legolas come riding up just as they're the, they're about to come to fisticuffs and say, "Hey guys, the goblins are uh, coming! The goblins are coming!" Yeah. So so maybe Battle of Dolgor could be ongoing and overlap Battle of Five Armies. Okay. Well, that basically seems, that idea seems to basically go back to the whole Mount Doom Black Gate parallel thing. Right. Yeah. Um, that's that's what got me thinking it. Yeah. Well, but see, the thing is, I have a heart. You know, it's difficult to, to come to decisions about this without thinking more thoroughly through the Dol Guldur story, which I think we have an episode on later. So I don't want to I don't want to go. <laughs> I, I want to stay a little bit focused here um, because to me, the well, I, I will always ask the question, even if we don't uh, try to answer it today. And that is what is going to be the endpoint of the Dol Guldur plot. You know, how are, you know, and we've talked about this a little bit before, um, but I'm thinking here in particular with this possibility of the overlapping um, with, uh, with the Battle of Five Armies. I just, I don't think so. I think the Battle of Five Armies is going to be much more, my prediction would be that collapsing of the thing to one plot thread, that things would converge there. I think Gandalf is going to show up. 
My only question is, is Galadriel coming too? Uh, I know, I had that know. thought too. It, you know, if, if, if Gandalf shows up, I mean, is Galadriel going to be there? Is Elrond going to be there? <laughs> like, I, I thought about what, that when you said high school reunion, I thought, oh my God, watch, Elrond and Galadriel are going to be at the Battle of Five Armies. <laughs> Galadriel, Saruman, you know. <clears throat> Why not? Why not? Let's, let's, let's. Let's bring. Hey, we could bring Haldir back. He's not dead yet, so you know. There you we go. Can, yeah. And pointing elf. Make sure yeah, pointing elf. It's boy, this would be fantastic. <laughs> um, hey, yeah. Uh, what about Barlam and Butterbur? <laughs> Barlam and Butterbur. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring in the young Butterbur. Um, uh, um, That's an interesting possibility. I kind of hope not, but. Uh, what that Elrond doesn't show up? Yeah. Well, just for for one thing, I don't know, because it just it, it distracts yeah. from the new characters, and mm-hmm. then because it it only it, to me that would increase the probability that Sauron is going to show up, which I think would ruin everything. Yeah, um, uh, I I am I don't know, you know, I'm tending <laughs> yeah. to think more and more that the Dol Guldur thing may stay separate, and Gandalf may not end up at the Battle of Five Armies, like Dave said, you know, Legolas is the Paul Revere guy. Um, and and Faye pointed out that we have a new video meme. They're taking the orcs to Erebor. They're taking the orcs <laughs> they're, to they're, Erebor. They're, right. they're taking the goblins to Erebor. Yeah, exactly. The goblins to Erebor. And and I, you know, it's like if why would Gandalf show up and not the others? You know, I mean, it, it just seems like to me. Well, I have a suggestion for why Radagast wouldn't show up, but. Um, <laughs> yes, true. That's true. Actually, Gandalf could end up commandeering his sled, you know, in Radagast's absence. Yeah. Grab yeah, his staff, true. grab the sled, take off for Erebor. That's that's the that's the that's like the converse assumption that I'm making that also might not be true. The, the, the on the one hand, I'm assuming that Gandalf has to be there, but maybe he doesn't. On the other hand, I'm assuming that he can't get there if the Battle of Dol Guldur uh, lasts longer than five minutes in the movie, which is also not true. Gandalf could teleport from one place to the other instantaneously. Yeah, my goodness, uh, I mean, so. for the length of the time it would take to do a scene where we have, like, one acrimonious exchange at the gates of the Lonely Mountain, Gandalf could make it from Dogulador Gand- to Erebor. I mean... Gandalf could have... Yeah, he could have traversed the circles of Arda like four or five times. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's just there's there's really no point in. I mean, when when you can go when 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 Bolg can get from Bjorn's house to Doguldur in apparently fifteen minutes. I mean, and and it's not just what the, you know the amount of the amount of you know. Uh, secondary world time that seems to have passed. It does seem to be like that same day uh, that that he's showing up at Dol Guldur. Um, but even even just like in the audience's experience, I mean, we have one, as I recall, one scene intervenes between them leaving, you know, them seeing Bjorn in the distance and saying, let's get out of here, we gotta go back. Uh, the Master calls, and when they show up at Dogulder. I think it's just the one scene in Bjorn's house. So so again, yeah, one intervening scene and you're and you go from Dogulder to the Lonely Mountain. Why not? You know, the one that still gets me is and they actually specifically say a time, I think, is going from Lake Town in the morning to making it on the overlooked dale by noon <laughs> yes. the same day. Yeah. And they well, actually say it to noon, right? Because that's when Gandalf was supposed to be there. And they explicitly say, as they're entering Mirkwood, I forget exactly, but don't they say they've, like, Durin's days in, like, a week? 
Right. Yeah, they're like, right. When they're on the when they're on the western fringes of Merkwood, they're about to enter Merkwood. So yeah, we're gonna cross Merkwood on foot. I mean, that's crossing Merkwood on foot in like five days is much more impressive than than taking a boat up the river in a few hours. You know. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, yeah. So I I I I think it's it's pretty. Uh, it's I, I you know space. <sighs> we certainly tempo tempo spatial. Any... Relations. Yeah, shouldn't base yeah. any, shouldn't found any conclusions about where characters will be when no. based on geography. No. Right, no. or the amount of time it's going to take. How do we learn this lesson by now? Yeah. Yes. Jeez. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, so here's 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 a. Um, I, I've I've miss, I've steered us away from what the episode's supposed to be. <laughs> well, well, sort of. Really. Really. Sort of. I mean, so, again, you know, right. thinking of overall plot trajectories is an important thing right. here. Yeah. Um, yeah. In trying to because it's 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 because we, we need to have some sense of where we're going in order to figure out how we're going to get there, um, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately, uh, I think, anyway, what this episode's about. So. Um, so yeah, I'm still thinking of the Battle of Five Armies as the fundamental destination of the you know of of the front half of this film. I would expect the Battle of Five Armies as a sequence to take quite some time. I hope so. Yeah. Um, There's just too much awesome stuff that happens during it that um, uh, that I, I hope that they don't give us like 15 minutes. I hope it's like a good hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, Philip, uh, so, Philip so Lord makes a really good point, um, which is that he says Gandalf could sh- uh, he thinks that Gandalf will show up, but Toriel could fill the role as someone both the dwarves and elves could trust. Right. It is true that that's you know the 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 role that Gandalf plays in the book. It's not that he does not. I mean, you're right that you know he, he doesn't seem to make a very concrete contribution, but the role that he does play is somebody that can speak to all of them. Um, you know, of course, Thorin has a pretty negative response when Gandalf shows up, you know, you seem all in league, you know, and he says he's never going to have anything to do with wizards again. Um, but, uh, but anyway, he's somebody How who... true he was. <laughs> right. <laughs> Little did you know. Uh, he's, uh, but, but, but he is in that role. I agree with the addition of, of, of Toriel and the, the, the sort of the complication of, of the cast there. Um, there are certainly other people who could do what Gandalf does at the beginning, I think. Um, at the beginning of the battle, that is. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, David Mosley is asking, uh, you know, can Toriel play Gandalf's role with Bilbo in the Arkenstone debacle? But all he does is commend him. You know, he he, yeah. he, he says, well done, uh, you know... Um, <laughs> Toriel could do that, but but I mean, I yeah. obviously it's not going to have the same sort of. It won't effect, have the but... same gravitas. Yeah, it won't yeah. have the same gravitas. Yeah, um, but, so, oh, but yeah, no, so, sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask. Um, sorry, I'm kind of uh, changing topics a little bit, but I, I wanted to see. Uh, let's let's suppose for now uh, that they don't start with a with they don't go immediately into the uh, Smaug's attack and they don't start with a flashback, uh, which I, I personally think what I expect is they'll have a flashback and then they'll go into the dragon's attack. That's I'm I'm almost convinced. So he'll be three for three then. 
Yes. Yeah. He, I mean, he's done. He's done a flashback in almost every movie. Uh, and I, but I think, I think, you know, basically doing just about anything else other than a flashback and going right into the dra- dragon's attack is gonna, it will drag things out too much. But, um, for sake of argument, where, what do you, what do you, each of you guys think is the m- sort of, uh, if we rule the, that possibly out, where else might we start that that would work well that wouldn't seem weird? I think, I think starting in Erebor would seem weird. Um, so I'm like counter. I'm inversely answering your question, um, yeah. I, I, because th- that to me seems kind of weirdest. Because um, he just left Erebor. Right. So I mean, w- and Bilbo's what we... final thing of what have we done kind of is a segue almost. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like it yeah. take us away from Erebor. Exactly. I mean, so what are we going to get? We're going to start the film with them like milling around in Erebor and being like. <laughs> Oh shoot! Like or like, <laughs> we lost our gold statue. <laughs> Just like the you know, the dwarves standing there, you know, uh, uh, you know, with their hands shielding their eyes, looking down towards Erebor. Like, do you see? <laughs> can you see what's going on? No, no, I can't either. I mean, it's just that, that I, I, what do you do at the beginning in Erebor unless you jump forward? You know, Dave, like you were suggesting, to past the death of the dragon. In which case, everyone's going to be deeply confused. Um, I think. But my actual answer to the question is Dol Guldur. I think that Dol Guldur serves as an excellent option. Um, I agree. If it's because it is, it is neither flashback nor is it just jumping straight into the action. Um, but it's an overdue return. I mean, we got Gan- Gandalf's been hanging for a long time, even within film time. You know, even if you're watching Desolation of Smaug and uh, there and back again, back to back, it's been a long time that Gandalf has been hanging. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's it's something that needs resolution, which they could, I agree, I, I think that's what they start with, is somehow Gandalf being saved, or something going on at Dol Guldur. Or Radagast showing up to Galadriel, right. or something right. Dol Guldur related. Um, that, because that, that would be a way, Dave, that you could do something else that's contemporaneous with the downfall of, like, you know, with the destruction of Smaug, which is not simply a distraction. You know, which is not simply like, meanwhile, we all know you want to know what's happening with the dragon attacking Lake Town, but we are going to uh, pointlessly take you to somewhere else that, you know, you don't care about because we're, yeah. we're you know, transparently trying to draw out the suspense. Um, yeah, that's right. We're, but, we're going to, uh, meanwhile, in the Shire... <laughs> right, um, exactly. Novo has been declared dead, and they're going to put his stuff up for auction. That would be fantastic. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, that would be an awesome beginning. The the film opens with with people like pe- peering in through the windows of or Bag End. Cordelia has has a policeman, you know, like exactly. breaking down the door yeah. of Bag End because nobody's he has been oh, answering. Oh, I and, kind and, of like this idea. Now. And they decide to <laughs> and, and like you know. Somebody makes the decision to go hire the firm of Grubs, Grubs, and Burrows to to to, to run the auction at Bilbo's estate. Uh, you know, where is that, Mister Baggins? And then we then we segue back to the Lonely Mountain, and we're back in it now. That would be that would be that would be oh, hysterical. And to your point, Corey, about you know, like the the be- tied up in the question of the 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 start of the movie, it kind of 
points us toward where we're going and sets the tone for what what is this film really about. That's right. That is that would actually from that standpoint, that is the perfect beginning. That's yep. how it should begin. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. really what it's about. <laughs> that's really what it's about. So we get yes, yes. Yeah, because the flashback or that or that piece of the story could end with somebody going, I wonder where Mr. Bilbo got to and then we yeah. go into the story. Oh yeah and but see also that, Presumably, that's where we're going to end. Well, it, of course, that's where we're going to end. That's Aaron right. Back again. Absolutely, and coming back. And 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 remember those poignant lines in film one where Bilbo is like, you know, I miss my home, but like your home has been taken away from you. And then it's like, oh, the cruel irony! Bilbo's home is being taken away from him while he's gone. Yes. As he's going and restoring the homeland of the dwarves, his own home is getting put up for auction. Oh dear! <laughs> oh man! Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kate has a a, a a Bilbo dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's even cooler. You remember in the book, Bilbo has that really random dream um, when he's sleeping in the eagle's eyrie. He dreams that he's back at Bag End, and he's looking around for something, and he can't remember what it is um, uh, or where he left it. That's, that's totally what it should be. It should be Bilbo's random dream of wandering around Bag End looking for something. That would be a great <laughs> beginning. <laughs> That would be fantastic. Yeah, uh, I like her follow up. He, 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 we, they can they can add that he's actually looking for his spoons. His spoons, his silver spoons, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he's having a nightmare Another about Mobilius stealing his silver spoons. Yes, exactly. When I last counted them, I had five. Now there's only four. <laughs> right, because some of them are made of tin. Oh wait, they can't mention that, or there would be a lawsuit because that's in unfinished tales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, now actually, that brings up another subject, which I think unlikely, but I wanted to get you guys' take on it. What do you, What do you think of of the possibility of them beginning the film with the frame narrative? Going back to Frodo, you mean? Uh, yeah, Frodo and Old. I don't know whatever happened to the frame narrative. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they, you know. Elijah Wood did say in, in an interview way back when that it's going to be bookends, and I didn't take that to mean literally, but I guess maybe it will be. You know that we'll see him at the very, very, very end of the movie. I think but I was so. Wondering if you know, I don't. They've, I personally don't think we'll have the frame there, but that's the beginning. Of the movie. They've no, just, they've they've obliterated it with the um, with the with uh, I, I think in particular the flashback to uh, Bree at the beginning of um, Desolation of Smaug. Like that just I was thinking about that while I was on a run. Well I guess that would be like, one reason to days. have it would be to remind us. Yeah. Yeah I you was know, like I mean how, that would be one reason to have did, it right there. Yeah, how do flashbacks fit in with the um <laughs> is Bilbo sitting there writing the story or telling the story <laughs> to Frodo and saying like, All right, um now we're gonna do f- now let me uh interrupt the story to tell you about something that happened even before that. <laughs> yeah, because you know that I wasn't there for but I heard about it. <laughs> yeah. It's actually you know, I've never really thought about this before, but it's absolutely true that flashbacks are something which seem actually kind of mysteriously to work in films. But in books, they're awful. That is like, imagine if you're writing a story and you just all of a sudden break and in the next paragraph, you start telling something without introduction or voiceover or anything, you know, without, without, without context, you know, without narrative context (laughs) in the story. You start telling a story of something that happened a long time ago, you know, so, because it's not even like a meanwhile over in kind of transition. You know, you're just, you're just going along with the story and then, you know, you skip a line and say, 
Thorin walked into the bar at the Prancing Pony, and and it's like, wait, what the heck is going on? Or that now, would be, even in a series of books, you know, where maybe yes. like a trilogy to open up the second book with something like that also would be jarring. You'd be like, what, what? The, I mean, the the only way that that tends to happen in books, as you say, sometimes you can do that kind of thing, but you have to set it as, as like a prologue. I mean, it has to be it it, it has right. to be actually like physically separated from the rest of the book in order for it not to be really weird. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it, it is, it is, it is a strange kind of, uh, it is a strange kind of thing. Um, and, you know, Noam says you can do it in, in, in another chapter. Yes, but you still need a mechanism. I mean, if you just, it, it's, it's, it can happen, but it's very strange if you don't give any kind of, uh, if you don't give any kind of transition, if, you know, if you just, you know, chapter two, I'm starting, you know, I'm now telling you things, you know, like which, yeah. which happened, yeah, you'd have at least Years a sentence ago. or two to sort of introduce the flashback. Yeah. Or, yeah, or give some kind yeah, of excuse for going back yeah. and saying it. Um, yeah. Which, again, yeah, just you, does, you kinda, doesn't, doesn't happen in films. You kind of just have to set it up as like a weird... In in the book, you have to set up as like a weird sort of separate device. Like, um, like the start of each of George R. R. Martin's uh, yes. Song of Ice and Fire books. Like, those are... It works, but it works only because he keeps doing it, so we just accept that that's the way, you know, that we're always going to start off with some weird uh, point of view chapter from a character that's not one of the main, you know. That's I mean? about to but die. Oh, wait, weird. that's all of them. But yes. Oh, Noam, yes. Noam has taken the challenge. He's going to go find some examples. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, I, I I do think that that's sorry, just sort of a reflection on the difference, uh, you know, a, a difference I had not considered between storytelling in film form and storytelling in book form. But but of course, what you were saying about Bilbo writing the the book, which is what we were getting in the frame narrative, made me think of it because you know how do you go back to the frame um, and include that kind of thing, especially since you know basically my main reason for why I don't expect to return to the frame at the beginning of the film. Um, is there was too much closure at the end of the frame sequence at the beginning. I mean, when, you know, the way that we had Frodo setting off to meet Gandalf in the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring, that was too mm-hmm. neatly tied up, you know? Um, there was nothing sort of left if we... Because to return to that frame, the it seems to me that the only two ways we could return to that frame are either just to return to Bilbo sitting there writing... And I don't see much excuse for that or what would be accomplished by that. Or if we return to some kind of action or conversation with Bilbo, it would have to be Bilbo and or Frodo and or Frodo and Gandalf coming in, you know, like the two of them ride back in the wagon and then enter into Bilbo's house and meet Bilbo like we saw in the Fellowship of the Ring or something. But it's just that's I, I can't see that happening. It's that's too much, you know. Maybe at the end, but I can't see that happening at the beginning of the film at all. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But I but again, I, I as I was saying, this this is not this is this is ahead. not so much in the beginning of the movie uh, question. But I notice we don't really have a spot for this elsewhere in our editorial calendar. How is Diane going to be? introduced mm. i mean he's just going to come riding up on his pig i mean isn't there going to be need to be something i mean some the reason i thought about that is that somebody and i'm sorry i just missed it somewhere but somebody mentioned you know maybe a dwarf council with diane at the beginning of the movie i i don't i wouldn't expect that but i then it brings up the question it's like how are we going to know who this guy is when he comes riding in on his boar okay wait i've got it opening scene <laughs> oh i'm worried <laughs> we're in the iron hills okay 
and there's Diane and a bunch of other dwarves, and we're like, wait, who are these dwarves? Where are we? And then Roach the Raven flies in and tells him about the doings that, you know, Thorin has returned. The dragon has been routed out of the Lonely Mountain. Come back! And he's like, saddle up the pigs! We're on the way out! You know, like, that's... Saddle up the pigs! <laughs> that is my prediction. There we go. It's perfect. What do you think, Dave? You're speechless. I can tell you are overwhelmed by this idea. Yeah, uh, that's almost certainly how it's going. <laughs> Seems self-evident, really. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Diane gets introduced because I mean he's completely a non-entity. We don't know who he is. Yeah, mention, yeah. I mean, I mean none. I, I don't even think. I think they mentioned he mentioned him slightly when he was reporting on the result of his meeting at the Blue Mountains when he I gets think to Bag End. That's it. I think they've. I think this is another thing where um, they they it's it, it, sort of my foreboding is that they've mismanaged uh, his introduction. That um, one they have not introduced him yet. And so we're gonna. He's just gonna be showing up. We're gonna be like, who? Who's this? And two, because of how packed the film's gonna be, we're not gonna have. I have a feeling they're gonna race through the uh, the siege and the parlay. Well, you know, I think the other thing is Billy Connolly has alienated Tolkien fans so much that Jackson may have just dropped him from the movie. Yeah, he's like, oh, dang it! I can't give this guy any screen time. Anyway, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how Diane shows up. Anyway, I, there wasn't any place else to say that. And I know, I mean, it could be the start of the movie. Not likely. But anyway. Just... Oh, come on. I love my Roach idea. I think it's a great idea. Because on, we start sure. with, I mean, how many other films have started from exposition by a talking raven? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, that's... We haven't, met, we haven't even met Roach. Isn't that sad? Well, you know, I'm still... I, I, I haven't a hundred percent given up hope on on on, 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 on Roach the Raven yet. Um, Me neither. There's still time. There's still plenty of time. We could still have him. Uh, you know, I'm totally I'm totally there. Um, I haven't given up either. Yeah. Maybe Roach will end up becoming the arbiter in the in the siege. You know, take Gandalf's role. As a peacemaker. There you go. I like Gerald's suggestion. Roak will break Bart out of jail. <laughs> and, and, and and put the and get the, uh, the the ballista arrow in his teeth in his beak and deliver it to him. Well, yeah. see if the thrush isn't going to tell him about the weak spot. You know, we we still have to have some bird intervention here. So. That's right. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um. um okay. Um. You know, actually, uh, Philip had another good suggestion, which is a slightly more serious suggestion, which is that instead of just cutting across to the Iron Hills, we could have a flashback to the Dwarf Council that Thorin attended prior right. to the long ex- the unexpected party, um, and oh. that would introduce Dan. That's right. That's Actually, that was the entry. I couldn't remember who had done it, but that was the entry that made me think of it. Yeah. yeah. That's a possibility. The, the, the one that was referenced at the beginning of... Mm-hmm. Um, an unexpected, unexpected journey, journey where yes. he's like, where they're like, oh, so they coming? Uh, no, right, no. exactly. They won't come. I, you know, the the one thing about that with for me is, again, with time and stuff is, so what that would set up is this dynamic where the other dwarves seem like kind of the betrayers who wouldn't wouldn't fight for their king and wouldn't you know come and help him and stuff. Um, 
and I, and I feel like there's just not enough time to dig into the nuance of that and also have them come rushing up to save him uh, when called for from the, the elves. You know what I mean? Like, how many people can he be at odds with? He's at odds with his own, with his own dwarf backers as well as the elves and the men and pretty much everyone else. I don't know. I, it's something that I feel like if they really wanted to explore that, the, the, maybe his uh, simmering resentment that they wouldn't come help him, I feel like it should have been done by now. Uh, mm-hmm. Because there's just not going to be enough time in this film, you know. Like, otherwise, it's going to seem really weird that he's going to be like, you know, oh, those those other dwarves wouldn't come help me, uh, and then oh, we're under siege. Call for the other dwarves who wouldn't come help us. Oh, here they are. Thank God. Hey guys, I love you. You know, it, it's going to seem very. It's going to seem see, resolved too quickly. But but don't forget, you know, uh, into all of these policies comes the Arkenstone. Um, we oh, have sure. had that as that is the that it that's the that's the the you know the the keystone right i mean that's how you get if you have the arkenstone then he can command the appearance of the dwarves is there some mechanism for this i have a i have a, a sort of a sinking feeling that uh there's going to be some kind of magical connection you know i mean like he's still got to actually communicate with the with dan um how does how how could thor and send a I've got the Arkenstone message, um, even though he doesn't have the Arkenstone. But leaving that aside for a second, um, I don't know. So I, it's it's uh, the Arkenstone is clearly has been made the turning point, Dave. So we do have an excuse for why they wouldn't help yeah, before, right. but why they would expect the help later. But but it's still if he, the, if he gets the news that the dwarves have entered Erebor, the dragon's dead. Dian could just assume that Thorin has the Arkenstone. I mean that would be that a seems safe to... assumption. Oh, it? that's true. Possibly. Maybe he's already set out for. Maybe maybe we'll get a scene that shows him deciding to set out uh, without even having heard from Thorne. <laughs> Rohak um, takes the takes Thorne's message. I have the Arkenstone here somewhere. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Trust me. I totally have the Arkenstone. <laughs> like absolutely. You can count on me for having the Arkenstone because I'm here in the mountains, so obviously I have the Arkenstone. Arkenstone. Yeah, this this has to be a very carefully crafted message. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I've recaptured the Lonely Mountain, but the dragon's still alive and flying around. uh, (laughs) And I have no idea where the Arkenstone um, is. But, yeah, wait. I'm currently in possession of the Arkenstone. If you define possession as (laughs) it's in the same mountain as I am. (laughs) Somewhere. I... I have reclaimed the mountain and everything that belongs to it. Yes. There you go. Oh, Jonathan. Jonathan brings up a good point. Could the film open with Thryon? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Either so, in real time or in a flashback, I suppose. But he's talking about real time, actually. This was a this was a suggestion. Oh, yeah, to, to where Thryon is living, not in captivity, off as a wild man right. in the woods, like I predicted so long right. ago. Which I still think is the likeliest solution here. I mean, but and anyway, he's the agent that brings the dwarfs from the Iron Hills. <sighs> Whoa. Okay, I didn't anticipate that. Maybe, maybe, but uh, I was th- I was gonna wanting to go back, and I've totally lost it. It was like pages ago on our comments thread here. Um, somebody suggested that um, the film could start with a flashback to. Thran giving Gandalf the key and map. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. a really neat idea. Um, 
we've been kind of like that hoping much. for that flashback at some point, or at least some explanation at some point. Um, and uh, you know that was that was on our to do list for the for the extended edition. But that would be kind of interesting. My biggest yeah. my biggest concern about it is that. The flashback at the beginning of a film, I mean, again, thinking back even to Peter Jackson precedents, um, the flashback at the beginning of the film is important because it, it, it sets a thematic tone for the movie as a whole. The Two Towers starts with the flashback of Gandalf plummeting down with the Balrog. Um, and that is important because of course it's not only a reminder uh, of that visual image to anticipate the return of Gandalf um, but even that image of like you know the fact that as he's falling he's fighting the Balrog and the, the, the sort of apparent destruction as they fall in this blazing comet towards the water which is a striking visual image at the end of that flashback sequence um the way that that gets, um, you know, sort of connected with the, uh, uh, sort of the parallel there and with Gandalf returning in the flash of white light to the battle at the end and the, the, the sort of the theme throughout the Two Towers film of, like, the stubborn resistance against apparently overwhelming forces. I mean, again, those, those, those things are all established in that, flashback at the beginning. In The Return of the King, we start with the flashback to uh, Smeagol and Diego uh, in the ring, um, which, of course, establishes the parallel to Frodo and what's going on with him and the ring and, you know, the, the lure of the ring and the way that the ring is eroding his will. Uh, you know, so, um, uh, the, you know, seeing... Gollum's life being essentially destroyed, you know, Diggle's life being immediately destroyed, and Smeagol's life being long-term destroyed uh, by the discovery of the ring. You know, we have the parallel between, you know, notice we have a, a reversal in both of those uh, in both of those flashbacks. You know, that is, we have Gandalf falling to his apparent death, which is then reversed by Gandalf's uh, uh, resurrection during the Two mm-hmm. Towers. Um, the, uh, the finding of the ring... Um, you know, uh, to sort of uh, bookend the destruction of the ring. Um, you know, so we can see we can see how these flashbacks have a function. They're not just random flashbacks, um, or they're they're not just like let's fill a hole in the plot kind of flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Even in the desolation of Smaug, the flashback to the Inet Bree is very relevant and 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 again corresponds to the climactic scene. Um, with Thorin in Erebor and the Golden Dwarf King statue, because right. it's all about Thorin's leadership, and it's you know, and, yes. and and Thorin's role as king and leader, and what's he doing, and um, you know, so. Um, well, you know, don't forget the Lego set at Dalgaldur yeah. had that ring under the statue, and uh, I wonder the ring under the statue, the ring under the statue trick, which yeah. kind of connects Thryon to Dalgaldur. So, so that kind of a flashback with the ring, the map—I mean, the the key, the map—flashback could is definitely a candidate, I think, for film three in the context of what you just described in terms of the thematic setup and whatnot. And then we we would go straight to Dal Guldur after that flashback. Maybe, though that's a lot of weight. I mean, if we do a flashback, then Dal Guldur, we're gonna 
like then the dragon right i mean we're gonna like seriously we're gonna wait like 20 minutes 30 minutes before we finally like smog's gonna take a he's gonna take that long to fly from the lonely mountain to lake town there will be there will be riots yeah exactly I mean, Radagast could have gotten there and back 50 times by then. Um, So, yeah, it's hard for me to see two scenes. I can see one scene um, prior to the attack on Lake Town. But two, I mean, maybe, but... Yeah, so either a flashback um, or or the beginning in real time and then somewhere else and then the dragon hitting Lake Town. Yeah, that's what you're thinking. You know, it's funny, Corey, I... I really, my mind has latched on to this starting with Bilbo's uh, house being up for auction. I'm now, <laughs> I'm now, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't, I doubt it's likely, but I'm now, I've decided that that is the only flashback that makes any sense because that's ultimately <laughs> where this film is going. Anything, anything else is, is, you know, like a, like a, anything else is basically just introducing plot elements or plot points. But if we want to talk theme, theme, the theme of the film there and back again. That's right. What is it really about? It's about at the end of Bilbo's journey and him going home and being changed. Like, oh man, that, I'm like, God, they got to do this. They got to do this auction flash or, or I just, flash across. I just love go. that statement. Like, anything besides <clears throat> the legal preparations for the auction of Bilbo's house is simply a digression. I mean, it's just beside <laughs> the point. Right. Yeah. We need to get on to the real business. Right. We need to stay focused on what really matters and what the audience has come here to see. Have they come to see a dragon die? Have they come to see a wizard rescued? No. They have come oh, to see to see it's, like action right, filed for the, the start. The so let's that's get right. back to Absolutely. Here. Let's <laughs> let's get back to Bilbo's silver spoons for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it. I just love this the only, idea. The only the only other thing I will accept is a flash forward to the distant future uh, of Legolas and Gimli boarding a white ship. Legolas oh and Gimli boarding a, a flash forward to Legolas and Gimli boarding a white <laughs> ship. Yes, that's the only other thing I would accept. <laughs> okay, that's way forward. Okay, huh? yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's just flash forward to, like, Turin Turambar killing Melkor. You know, like, how about yeah. that? Well, that's, that's yeah. good. As long as we're flashing gonna, forward. I was just going to go as far Faye, as Arlen how on earth would I pull that off? <laughs> Faye's asking how on earth would I pull that off. I just put in a flashback with uh, John Reese davies and, um, and uh, He'd Orlando do it. Bloom He'd totally do it. He's begging to, 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 to do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy was, yeah, he he was, yeah. He would probably do it for free. <laughs> and, Lego, and Legolas's line as they got on the ship is, would be something like, who would have ever thought back when I was chasing Bolg out of Lake <laughs> would have come to this? I really hope that's... I would love it if that was like in some extra material at the, uh, on the uh, extended edition. Right. Brianna's point is, as long as we're flashing back, let's just flash back all, all, all the way to Durin looking in the Durin mirror mirror. The mirror, mirror. <laughs> yeah. well, or I was thinking, what about, uh, we'll go back to Sauron's apprenticeship with uh, Morgoth. And, or Luthien, Luthien singing him, singing his tower down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and flying away. And and these things are away. all very likely. Uh, it's, oh, I think so. Yeah, 
<laughs> Aule creating the dwarves, Yana suggests. Um, now, I will, I do just want to put in a sour note here, which is that we're pretty much actually a little bit past our allotted time for discussing this, although I've let it go because the riddle's pretty simple. So Okay, well, let's, yeah, and, and we've been talking about the riddle Basically, the whole yeah, time. Debating the, uh, yeah. So let's 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 do this. Let us make a summary of what we believe to be plausible flashback <laughs> scenarios at the beginning. By, by whose definition? We also include hilarious. <laughs> no, a, a hilarious flashback uh, openings is a different category entirely. Um, <laughs> though I would, I would, I would, uh, in deference to you, Dave, include the auction preparation as fitting in both categories. But, um, uh, but uh, if we ex- if we accept, you know, meanwhile, you know, back in the offices of of Chubbs, Chubbs, and Burrows. Uh, as, I gotta be as, honest. As, if this is how the movie starts, <laughs> security is going to be pulling me from the theater because I will be either laughing or screaming so loudly. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be. It, it, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, That's so gonna be in, awesome. In in the plausible things, first of all, okay. we do have a two for three so far flashback thing. So some kind of flashback is certainly plausible. Certainly plausible, right? So among the things among the things we could flash back to that would be plausible include Thrain giving the map and key to Gandalf. That seems to me very much in the plausible category. Um, Thorin meeting with the council. Thorin meeting with the dwarf council. Yes, I agree. That that sounds to me like a plausible, um, a plausible flashback. Uh, somebody lost track of it. Um, flashback to Thranduil getting his face messed up. Um, that's an interesting suggestion, and I can't remember who made it. Um, the attack on Dale. Oh yeah, Philip. It was Philip again. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Thranduil's earlier yeah. in Right. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. F- flashback to Dale again. Let's by all means see Smaug blowing up Dale buildings again. Um, uh, anything else? Um, anything we haven't thought of yet for flashback scenes? The music of the Ainur. <laughs> <laughs> plausible, plausible, which would also have to be have to mean legal. <laughs> Sorry. Now, are we putting Dave Silver Spoons in here, or is that not? Oh, oh, absolutely, well, that's yeah. A, no, that, that's, that's, but that's not really a flashback. Oh, that's right. You're that's right. That's time. not. That's just. Uh, that's just something yeah. else. No, yeah. That's true. That's, flash that's across. A, yes, flash, flash across. <clears throat> yep. I, uh, I I can't think of anything plausible. Other than maybe the, you know, origin of the Arkenstone or something where, you uh, know, they have pulled it out of the mountain and Tor's doing something with it. But that doesn't, doesn't seem to be on track with where we'd be going in the movie. By the way, I'm, I'm starting to be concerned that the way we formulated our riddle, that, uh, that, that um, everyone's going to just vote for A. Oh, for I e, don't think so. Yours falls into E. Yeah. Y- well, that's true. Yours falls into E. Well, I, we okay. we might as well tell people what the you know how we've how we've. There, if you would you like me to put them up on screen, or you want to read them first? Um, yeah, I want you to go ahead and put them up on screen. Okay, put them on screen. Okay, but I'll read them for people who are listening. So, um, our options are a a historic flashback in any location. So again, it has to be a historical flashback. We have to go, we're going back in time. B, uh, Erebor in the present. C, Lake Town in the present. D, Dol Guldur in the present. 
E, none of the above. So the frame narrative would be E, uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the law offices of Chubbs, Chubbs, and Burroughs would be E. Um, um, Legolas pursuing Bolg would be E. Legolas pursuing Bolg, depending on where, I mean, if, if they've ranged far afield, then I would give it E instead of C, but yes, right. yes. If he's still outside the lake. census territory, right. or if he's even, a, he might even be approaching Dol Guldur. Right. Certainly, so if, if we get the, if we get the, I mean, I, I do think that a, uh, you know, uh, they're taking the goblins to Erebor scene would be E. You know, that would be because it's not part of the Dol Guldur sequence exactly. Oh, right, right. That's true. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Okay. So there are the we options. Have, we have some votes already. So, what do you guys think? Dave thinks E, right? Are, are, are you going to actually vote for E, Dave? Oh, I don't know. Uh, no, I think A. You think A? I, I really <laughs> do. I, I really do want them to do the auction thing, but it seems very unlikely. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it seems. It seems. It seems. Um, for 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 people who've really read the books, or people like us who have sat and talked through this, it seems like if they did it, we would all be like, "Oh, yeah, that's great." Um, for the vast majority of people, it'd be like, "What the heck is this?" <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, it just seems too, too, too much of a risk. Liesel has a good question. Um, if we start the film with, uh, you know, Radagast showing up in Lorien, uh, uh, oh. rallying Galadriel, e. is that E or D? Oh. I think that's E. Oh. Yeah, I think it's E too. If it's actually in Lorien, of course, if it's Del Guldur and Galadriel showing up, it's D. Obviously, it's D, right? uh, but but yes, if we have you know uh, Galadriel uh, and Caliborn standing there looking statuesque, and then Galadriel and then Radagast like shows any, up on his bunny like sled. Any actor for Caliborn, we wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, from yeah, the ring. <laughs> exactly. Um, though, oh, I, and I, I that reminds me, I'd meant to uh, give uh, give credit to the person who was suggesting before. When we were talking about Faye, the Battle of it? Five Armies, yeah, that uh, maybe, yeah, Faye did suggest that uh, maybe this is Kelborn's chance to actually do something. You know, maybe we'll have Kelborn show up. And, uh, <laughs> nah, I, I doubt it. No, Boyans will stay true to Tolkien and give Kelborn a very, you know, yeah, probably no role at all in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so are you yeah. staying with A, Dave? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, for me, this is more about. Uh, statistics with Jackson, and I that may be bordering onto critic, but it's kind. It's not really. It has to do with like the pacing of the movie and how he puts his movies together. What's how's the story gonna? Yeah. You know, what's the right way to no, do it, the story? It, it's a genuine observable trend in the films itself. So it's yeah, not critic. Yeah. yeah. And so he's done. You know, two out of three have been flashbacks. Is he going to go for? You know, is he going to go for the full? full Did boat? he do a flashback in in every single one of the or prologue in every one of the Lord of the well, actually, Rings films? No, yeah. I think he did, First, didn't he? Well, he did prologue, yeah. The first one was exposition. Yeah, and the actually, first one was exposition. What was it? What would? What did we say? We, we didn't we consider an unexpected journey a flashback? Because even though Bilbo was narrating it, it was a past. The action sequences on film yes. were actually past, right? Yeah. Um. So it's either A. Well, I'm I'm between A, D, and E because if it's not if it's going to happen in the present, I think it's either going to happen at Dogledore or somewhere not Erebor Lake Town. Um, so I'm really, I think I'm going to go with A, just because I'm going to bet that he's going to go with the formula he's used before. I'm going with D. You're going with D. I'm going okay. with D. I think he's, I think he's going to 
break the pattern. Um, uh, I'd like to see that, frankly. Yeah. I, I won't I, begrudge you this. <laughs> but I think that it's, to me, the thing that is, uh, that is most telling is the dual cliffhanger. Um, you know, we have two right. plot threads that have ended in suspense. And if he does a flashback, one of the two of them has to be no sooner than three scenes in. And we've already left Gandalf behind for a long time. We can't yeah. leave Smaug yeah. behind for that long or it's going to seem strange and frustrating right. to the to the viewers. We've already left right. Gandalf hanging on the cliffside for what seems like forever. Um, if we have another sequence... Again, uh, we... You can't have, it's would be too much to have two sequences like a flashback and Gandalf. Yeah, we if we do if we yeah. do if we do a historical flashback, then the the death of the dragon, which would seem You're most changing logical. changing people's minds, Corey. You're then, changing people's minds before then, my eyes. Then if we do that <laughs> I, I the Lake Town sequence, the destruction of Lake Town sequence is gonna be for a while. I mean if we do I really love the idea of the flashback. My favorite flashback idea is is Thran and the map and key. My second favorite one is Thorin at the Dwarf Council. Um, mm-hmm. If we do either one of those sequences, then we Going transition. Not make sense. Yeah. Oh, I guess the map and key would. Right. Well. Yeah. Th- this is, then then this we is transition to Smaug. You know, I. I, this, I is, this is my dilemma because I feel I just I feel certain that they will do some kind of prologue or flashback because they've done it in every single other movie and they've done it when I felt like it wouldn't be make sense. Like I did not think right. that they could do one for the second film. I, I thought I thought that prologues and flashbacks were basically um, uh, were banned due to the, the frame story and and they just completely disregarded that to start the second film. So but, but at the same time I cannot for the life of me, come up with a flashback that I think would work and is likely, other than maybe Smog's attack. So I'm basically going on blind faith that they'll just do what they've always done. Right. If I were to pick what I think would work narratively, I would go with either D or E. Um, right, and you know, I, I agree. You know, Philip makes a good point. It says that it's more than a trend; it's an artistic choice to keep the movies consistent. I agree. It's not that I would say, "Oh, if he does a flashback again, he's just in a rut and you know, being being uncreative." I certainly don't think that an artist like has to vary things in that like variation is the fundamental principle of you know interesting art. No, I mean there there is something there is something to be said for that kind of. Um, for that kind of pattern. I think it's interesting. Um, and <clears throat> I do think it worked very well, as I was trying to argue, in the, in the Lord of the Rings films. So that's great. But I just don't see... Um, I think one of the two cliffhangers has to be handled right away. And I agree with you, Dave, that it's unlikely that the opening scene of the film is going to be Smaug flying towards Lake Town. Um, it's, it's, it, that would have too much of a... Um, um, of a like mini series last time on the Hobbit, uh, you know, opening <laughs> bit, you know, um, it's going to feel like a TV mini series. So I don't think they're going to do that. I think, um, but I I could see very easily, especially since it's already been a long time. Um, we we come with not maybe not the sort of the final climax of the Dolgulder fight. You know, maybe not Goadriel and. Um, Radagast coming in and <clears throat> you know laying the boom down on, on, on Sauron in the opening sequence but some movement either just re- returning to Gandalf <clears throat> I hope there are no moths involved but uh, you know 
having an opening <laughs> shot of Gandalf caged, you know, at Del Guldur um, would be good. Um, even if so, even if all it does is remind us of how he's doing and set up and and sets up the you know and, and sets up Radagast and Galadriel returning to him, um, that would be enough for me um, to kind of take that cliffhanger off. You know the the sort of right. dial yeah, down the suspense on that one. We know that Sucker is coming, right? Right, exactly. And and then I'd be able to hang on for a little while. Long now, let's go back and let's kill Smaug and let's do like a half hour Lake Town destruction sequence and Smaug destruction sequence, and then we can return <clears throat> to Dol Guldur and uh, you know have Galadriel. Well, you know, you know, put on the boots. Jackson has really missed out, people are coming up with some great flashback ideas. They should have talked to us. Yeah. Ooh, I like Philip's idea, the jailing of the Nazgul. Yeah. Or the flashback from Thorin's perspective, remembering Erebor as it was, then go to the present with Thorin in the mountain, finally so close to fulfilling his new purpose. I mean, there's some good good ideas. Bilbo, as he is in Rivendell and Lord of the Rings, where he's writing scraps and fragments. Oh, my gosh. Indices. (laughs) Indices. (laughs) <laughs> or indices. Appendices. Appendices, yes, appendices. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. In appendix. The jailing of the Nazgul, that is an interesting idea because um uh that would help to make maybe it would help to make that sequence in some way relevant. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, well and, and I mean um uh Jackson has said that that Morgul blade that um yeah. good old uh Radagast found is gonna play a part somehow, and plus it has to get back in the Witch King's hands, because that's the Morgul blade that wounds Frodo and uh, Fellowship. Yeah, oh, oh, I've got, this is an E, not an A suggestion. Okay, okay, so we start the film with the Nazgul doing a raid on Rivendell and stealing the knife back. Huh? Oh my. Yeah. Because it has nothing to do with anything else in the film, but it's different... And needs to happen for the sake of very long-term continuity with a different <laughs> film entirely. And that makes it compelling for the opening of this film. There you go. Huh? There you go. And that could be concurrent with what's going on in Gal- Dugledore and Erebor. Right. Yes. So, and it explains why Elrond can't come to Gandalf's aid. It's because um, Rivendell's been... There's been a security um, breach, yeah. Faye Faye has a question, which is, will a prologue count as a flashback as A? I'm not sure what... I I assume... I I think if whatever events... I don't know what qualifies as a prologue and what doesn't, but if the events being described in it take place in the past, then I guess it's a flashback. I think that the the main distinction to me would be between just straight flashback and exposition. Um, You know, like the Fellowship of the Rings. You know, the Goadriel voiceover explaining the history of the forging of the rings um you know with partial accuracy that's the that's the kind of thing that i would count as a prologue whereas we just start you know when the scene come first scene comes up it's you know on the streets of Bree and thorin meeting with um uh uh, on the uh, on the official publication of this episode, I could change that answer to a prologue or flashback in any location. Nah, nah. No, it, it, prologue is E. Prologue. I realize that historic flashback is kind of a, a redundancy, but okay. Well, you know, 
I like I like Serena's suggestion. They should go for the twenty four style split screens. Yeah. <laughs> where yeah. they're portraying you know, we have three or four little windows on screen showing us different events taking place in parallel. Yeah. So that way we could ha we could still get the gripping events back in the Shire and somebody <laughs> like hammering down an auction sign on Bilbo's yard yeah. while we're getting Gandalf being rescued from Dol Guldur and the dragon dying in Erebor as like three scenes of comparable significance and drama, um, and we don't we don't have to lose any of them. Yes, I tell yeah. you, uh, you have almost inspired me to switch to E. Um, just just sort of you you you've just about convinced me that there's enough uh, there are sufficient degrees of freedom on this that they could do something that could possibly count as E. Yeah, that um, would work. <laughs> Faces um, for a concurrent scene. As someone sells Bilbo's spoons, the dragon is melting Lake Town cutlery. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, oh, it's the parallelism could be really tight there. I really think so. You know, and uh, and then at the same time, you have you have I don't know. You know, Gandalf in prison trying to bail himself. You know, trying to chip his way out with a spoon. With a fork. So we have a whole yes. spoon thing going on at the beginning, and, and we have a glimpse of dying. Uh, having dinner (laughs) with a spoon so there we go there we go yeah no um so so dave i assume it was my roach shows up today and suggestion that really uh you know finally has kind of sunk in and led you to think that really it could be Uh, yeah well no just your your sort of your your um impassioned argument that uh, going through all the possibilities yeah yeah, that the flash a flashback plus something else that it would you're you're Basically, your argument that there are uh, enough um, different circumstances this time around that Peter Jackson could deviate from his previous pattern, that, that he really needs to resolve one or the other um, uh, um, you know, cliffhangers as soon as possible. Basically, basically, you did a good job of pointing out that uh, you know, th- th- I think the Peter Jackson will stick to his previous patterns uh, argument is very strong. Uh, which is the main reason I'm, I was going with A. Um, but you have done a good job of arguing that, no, no, there's signs that maybe he might deviate this time. He probably still won't, but... I want to point out to the other 33% that have not voted yet, this is not a binding vote. Yeah, yes. this is totally, so, totally... Is, I mean, we uh, I'm, go- I'm, going with, I'm going with E uh, okay. for, for three reasons. One... Um, because uh, uh, that then we have diversity in our um, host answers, <laughs> and at the end of the day, we're so not really playing. The, in the end, there will be only one. Yeah, we we're not really playing this game to win, right? We're just playing that one. Man, I play this yeah. game ruthlessly to win. Yeah, you know, except I, that Dave's the I'm one all who about every results. year has hosted on Facebook. Never... How he's been the winner. <laughs> Well, only among the three of us compared to the listeners, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're playing to win. We're terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I didn't really consider the full consequences of that statement. But, um, um. And uh, and uh, so so one encourages diversity in the in our answers. Uh, two, I, I really I kind of like I, I see I see enough possibilities of things, especially since prologue will count as part E now. Yeah. What I will do is is if there's any hint of like a Bilbo voiceover during a flashback, I will just argue vociferously that that is a prologue, not flashback. Okay. Uh, okay. And three, because this allows me to sentimentally go with the auction thing that I really wanted. <laughs> 
which I think is completely unlikely. But if something else happens that counts as E, then then I sort of killed two birds with one stone. So I'm going with E. Yeah, yeah. And me, though, though my, can I just say killing two birds with one stone is kind of an insensitive comment to make in the, in this context. This you know, yeah, you're right. When you're we're right. when we're mourning the degradation of the thrush and the possible absence of Roak, I just want to say you're, you're 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 opening wounds here. But anyway, sorry, Trish, go ahead. So non PC. Um, <laughs> I the my biggest besetting sin, or that's not really it. My biggest trip up over the last two games has been overthinking. I'm sticking with A. <laughs> Okay. okay. Wise decision. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Even though I want some of the other ones, I'd prefer the other ones to be true. I'm still sick of that. Well, I, I think we're actually probably pretty good because I was noticing there's some duplicate of names in the in the list, you know, in the attendee list. So we're probably pretty close to folks being done voting. Yeah. Well, Anybody? Why don't you close call? it so that we can people can yeah, see? Yeah, we can show the results. And actually. Then. The winning answer came down because it was originally, it was at one point it was close to 60%. Yeah. So, uh, Silver Tongue Olsen there. Oh, and Dave, you know, Dave, uh, Dave, when, no, that didn't when, change. When Dave jumped that ship. That, that, that number didn't change after Dave jumped ship. <laughs> <laughs> sadly, sadly. Hey, one person in the comments, Faye, uh, uh, said that uh, once we, she was like, oh, prologue counts as E? Oops. Oh, okay. Well, so, so it's probably sorry, like 13.2%. Yeah, I mean, she could have changed it before I close it. Um, I just, to answer a question that Brian just asked really quickly. Brian says, speaking of toys, might the kites in the first movie have been uh, a little bit of a reference to Dale's thriving toy industry, for which it was most notable in the book? I I do think so, Brian, actually. I I think it's not a coincidence that we saw both a doll and and kites uh, in Dale. uh, so yeah, that's exactly the kind of. And then later we detail. have Balin sort of saying to Thor, "And all we really are, are toy makers." Right, right, exactly. Yeah, that was the reference to, to, to toy making there too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I do, I do suspect that of being deliberate. Okay, well, uh, thanks everybody. That was a that was an unusually silly episode, but that was fun. Um, <laughs> we were due. And uh, um, let me uh, make the announcement which Dave kind of spilled before, which is our next Mythgard Academy class is well, going and, officially to and be... And already spilled it on Facebook. Yes, so. I know he did. Ender's Game, finally! Ender's Game finally wins an election after coming within, like, a single vote from winning both of the previous two. Uh, we are finally going to do Ender's Game. So, um, that should be a lot of fun. The, that class is scheduled to start at the end of March. So we're looking at right at the beginning of it. We're gonna... This coming week is the final week of Unfinished Tales. We've got two classes this coming week. One on Tuesday evening and one on Wednesday afternoon at 9.30 and 4 o'clock Eastern Time, respectively. And um, that is the end of the Unfinished Tales class, and we're taking two weeks <clears throat> off, sad. and we will come back. Uh, uh, they will uh, live on. April. They will live on. In, in, they will live in on. Audio. Yes, they will hey, still be there. Corey, um, related note: When is this summer semester for Mythgard starting? The summer semester for Mythgard begins on May fifth. Uh, okay. So we actually should be opening enrollment for summer classes within a couple weeks. Is the goal there before the end of March? Cool. Okay. So the uh, the next un- the next uh, Mythgard Academy class and the opening of the uh, summer courses should be uh, should be contemporaneous. So, um, yeah, the summer classes should be a lot of fun. I've been I've been uh, uh, I've been 
I've been working on that. Um, uh, it's going to be another tough choice. Recently, so yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. Of, of course, mine is the least surprising because I'm continuing my Chaucer class and doing the Canterbury Tales class uh, in the summertime, and that should be that should be big fun. I always love teaching. Oh, it'll be fun. Talk about, I mean, it, it, it does get a little silly. Well, Chaucer just is that way. I mean, he just begs for that, doesn't he? Oh yeah. Chaucer is, Chaucer is like more pure fun than any author I know. I mean, I don't know anybody, um, who's like from reading the books. I, I, I can't think of a single person who seems to be having more fun writing than Chaucer was, you know, (laughs) I mean, it's just, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just fantastic. Anyway, so those are um, uh, those are those are our first two big announcements. The other, which is sort of a, a, a sort of a teaser announcement. Teaser announcement. Um, we have made significant progress in the planning of MythMoot Three. Um, our next MythMoot conference, um, we will have details that we will be announcing to you soon. So stay tuned. Um, uh, we hope sometime in this next two weeks, between now and our next episode, um, we hope to be announcing a, a an official sort of uh, open house to find out more details about um, about our MythMoot conference. Um, we're going to be opening registration for MythMoot very early this year. So um, it's actually almost time for us to offer an early bird special on, on next year's MythMoot conference. And I will say to those folks who have, who have come to one or two of them, this is going to be even another different incarnation of MythMoot. So yeah, yeah. You, you still need to be there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be very cool. So... Um, uh, so anyway, yeah, so that you can look forward to another announcement about that next week, um, and we will see. So yeah, so we're going to be doing, um, so Ender's <laughs> Game starting in about three weeks from now, and um, and then we're going to end, we'll be talking about Mythmoot uh, next time, and Mythgard Summer Classes just around the corner too, so we should have more information on all of these things next time. Hey, uh, Trish, can you remind us, um, people are asking in the chat room, uh, when, uh, what will be the, the process for officially submitting votes or, or uh, predictions? At the end of the official game, which will be probably yes. toward the end of August, we yeah, will so have a season. form, you know, or actually there will be a, it'll probably be much like um, uh, how Ed set up the voting from Mythgard Academy, so people will be able to go to the site. And yes. enter their answer. Officially enter their answers for all of the riddles. Yeah, cool. And then submit. Yeah, that uh, mechanism that uh, uh, that Ed has set up works works pretty well. Yeah. Um, and, and they'll so- know well in advance. I mean, we'll be able to let them know when that's coming. And there will be plenty of time from the end of the last riddle episode to the deadline for submission that people can listen to the audios and if they want to listen to the whole series, you know, whatever they want to do. So, so and. Voting will probably be ended by like maybe figure mid September or so, and we'll spend the rest of the year then um, analyzing all of Jackson's hints and yes. tips that he's been putting out on video. Yes, I love the analysis phase of the year. Um, uh, <laughs> what do you mean you love the analysis phase? Of the year? We haven't done it that way before. Oh, I know. No, but I mean, I I love doing what we do during yeah. what we are yeah, now calling the analysis phase of the year. It's <laughs> true. Um, I do. I mean, I, I I really like the speculation, and I and I, I know I love talking about these things. Um, you know, uh, 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 
you know, sort of th- thinking through the issues in advance and everything. Um, but of course, what I most love doing is, you know, doing close readings of a text right. that I actually have in front yeah. of me. So, uh, by the, by the way, let me let the group know, and I don't think we need to keep this secret in terms of how the correct answers are going to be selected this year. Yes. We're going to have what we're calling the consolation series of Riddles <laughs> in the Dark. It'll take place after the first of the year. So it'll be like, you know, early 2015. And I don't know how many episodes it'll be because it depends on how many riddles we go through in each each episode, but we'll, we'll be using this voting mechanism that we're using now, you know, to just get the polls from you guys on these episodes. We'll actually be using this voting mechanism for the listeners who dial in on the net mood for that episode. We'll be deciding what the right answer is for each riddle. That's right. Yeah, we're, we're going to do like crowdsourcing answers to the riddles. Right. Uh, and, 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 and we'll be going through and discussing them each so that, right. you know, we have the opportunity to do analysis and discussion attached to them. So that's Excellent. when Dave can make his pitch for the E, you know. Right. And of course, this is also sort of. Uh, transparently uh, um, a, a, a reflection of our desire that Riddles in the Dark not actually end. You know, yeah, so, we're, right. so we, 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 you know, we're just, the, the idea of having the film come out doing one or two episodes to talk about the third movie and then being like, uh, okay, uh, that, I guess now that's Now what do it. we do? Um, yeah, and I, I've been assuming the listeners wouldn't have a problem with that, so. Yeah, yeah, so, so we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. this out. And yeah. if we drag it out long yeah. enough, the extended edition will come out, and then we'll have to have another series episode. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. I agree. And then for season five, we will begin <laughs> our um, our speculation for the eventual future Silmarillion movie <laughs> or Lord of the Rings reboot. Right. The eventual the eventual Silmarillion film due to be released in twenty ninety seven. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh, I think we'll do the hunt for Gollum. Will be next. So we'll have about so we'll have about seventy seasons of the, of speculation. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, which actually for the Silmarillion sounds about right. Really, yeah, I have to say, that's right. <laughs> we'll spend the rest of our lives doing this. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, good. All right. Well, uh, we have uh, actually kind of stayed to time today, so I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of impressed by that. Um, so thanks everybody for your for your comments and discussion, and uh, I, I enjoyed uh, even our somewhat silly discussion today. Uh, but uh, but that was good. So thanks everybody for listening, and Godspeed.